Welcome to Sex and Happiness with Lori Handlers. Amazing sex and intimacy are just around the corner. While Lori puts the finishing touches on her new book, Sex and Happiness Over 60, please enjoy this show. It's one of her favorites from the Sex and Happiness Archives. I don't know if you've ever considered how suppressed sexuality is in our world. It certainly is in the U.S. based on our Puritan forefathers and mothers, and perhaps the attitudes in some European countries are a little bit more permissive or more relaxed. I've had that experience in the U.K., I've had that experience in France, and certainly I've had that experience. I wasn't in Russia, but I've had that experience in Russian culture. But think about the rest of the world, African countries, the Middle East, Inside many of these countries, sex can't be discussed. The mores are definitely anything but relaxed. Certainly in India, boys and girls aren't even allowed to hold hands. So Baba Des is an internationally renowned speaker and teacher. He's a DACA, an author, and a singer-songwriter. He's a transformational guide, and he's trained both in sacred temple arts and in ways to support others integrate their divine masculine and feminine. Baba Des has just returned from this amazing world tour. I actually have seen him since he came back from this tour, and I was so blown away by what he's attempting to do. I said to him, you've got to get back on my show right away. So welcome back to the show, Baba Des. Thank you for being with me. Hi. Thank you, Lori. Yeah, you're welcome. There's a lot of sexual suppression and repression in our world. And I want to know a little bit more about what you're setting out to do and how big is the task? How long is it going to take? Why are you doing it? Tell, tell me about that, will you? Well, you know, basically for me, it's about creating the kind of world that I want to live in. So, uh, of course, that starts right here, uh, right here at home. And uh, I've been on my own journey and walking that road for for a long time. And what I've noticed is that there's other people that are wanting help and support in this as well, and especially people who have uh, been um, facilitating others in sexual wholeness and stepping back into their power. You know, it's interesting. There's there's just so many threads of the guilt, shame, and fear that you were mentioning and how it permeates our our world and different cultures and even even people where there's a lot more sexual freedom and freedom to talk about things uh, there are still so many underlying threads of guilt shame and fear that that uh, that that people aren't even consciously aware of so right. let's just let me start out just by saying that one of my biggest visions is to bring the temples forward on the planet that there used to be temples all around the world in many major cultures and these temples were places of higher learning, of creating a, a more well-being for their communities and uh, health on every level of being, not just uh, not just physical, but emotional, mental, spiritual, sexual, and vibrant health and vibrancy for for the, the the tribes and communities that the temples were a part of. And what I notice is that. The temple starts right here inside of all of us. Each one of us is a temple. And so okay. that's, the, that's where the work starts. Now, when you say temple, do you mean it in the literal sense, like a temple, a synagogue, a church, a place of worship? 
Is that what you mean, like a worship of the self inside, the yes. temple inside? Exactly, you know, and 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 the the the, the temples that 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 manifest externally in our communities as gathering places are reflections of the inner temples that we build inside of our own beings. And I guess it's 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 the obvious, but I'm going to state it anyway that the places where we've where we were brought up to go to these sacred places turned out to turn us against ourselves. They that, didn't have a they didn't yeah. have us worshiping ourselves as God or ourselves as worthy, our bodies inside, outside as being worthy of something to regard in a sacred and high way. Well, so you, yeah. I, yeah. I, I told I told I totally agree, Lori. And you know, basically what happened is what has happened is that 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 the temples kind of got got taken over and they got they got used for a different purpose. And rather than celebrating and being a reflection of our of all of our own divine connections, oftentimes the the a lot of the temples that that were really supporting people in their in their individual power were basically destroyed. The priest, the priests and priestesses were were scattered, and uh, and uh, uh, the temple arts had to go underground. Because the temple arts are really all about empowering individuals. And a lot of the places and organizations and religions and things that took over the temples and, and kind of used the temple format, uh, what they did was they, they became emissaries of, of putting themselves in between people and God. Right. Wow. It's so, that's a beautiful expression right there. It's so simplistic. It's so easy to follow. Yes, they put themselves in. And they became the agents of and whatever they made up, you know, maybe they did have visions in the beginning. Maybe, you know, maybe they were uh, mystics, but later they became more like business people and politicians. And they and they put themselves in between kind of like lawyers put us in between our power you know, our power to argue or doctors put become the expert on my body when, in fact, I'm really the expert on my body. Well, so I yeah, it, you know, it's, it's the same thing. The, the, the temples are, are, are supposed to be there to support us all with our own individual God connection. And the government is supposed to be there to support us. Uh, is, is The government is there to serve us as right. Well. That a service, and what happened was there a power play happened, and what happened was uh, it turned out that that, that that people were there more to, to to support the support the temples, and the temples are, or the government is there to support us. Yeah, amazing how we can be so co-opted. So okay, so we this is great. So what we were talking about and where we let we're leading to was you were talking about how the temple starts inside, right? The temple of the sacred space and the worship starts inside of the body and the self and then starts expanding into our world. So can you take that a step further for me? Well, yeah, it's, it's basically that the whole uh, idea of a holographic universe and that, of course, if we want to change the world, then, then we need to look inside and make the changes that, that are going to create that kind of shift in the world and to be consciously aware of where, um, where guilt, fear, and shame have dis- disconnected us from from our truth, um, uh, from our from our life force energy, uh, 
And when I talk about life force energy, our life force energy, as shamanically speaking, is, is very much in parallel with our sexual energy, that our sexual energy and our life force energy are really the same thing. And, right. it's, from that, and it's from that place that we actually uh, cultivate our power and we are able to manifest the kind of worlds and the kind of bodies and the kind of relationships and jobs and abundance and health and everything else that we are wanting to attract in our lives. Well, I agree with you, you know, wholeheartedly. I wanted to just say something about guilt, fear, and shame. I don't know if I've ever said this to you before. I might have. Uh, fear is a real response, and, and fear, is something that, fear is something that is in the body, and it, it lets us know whether we should fight or run uh, when there's real danger and threat, like a, you know, like a dinosaur is going to eat us, and we, we, better, we better run. But guilt and shame are, and fear is used, you know, like it's, we've been trained so that we fear everything, you know, all kinds of things now. So it's not like just a biological response anymore. But guilt and shame, I've often thought that they're not even emotions. They're like a secondary thing that was introduced by whatever, by the culture, each culture in its own way to keep us in check. But it's not, I mean, there's no, uh, an amoeba doesn't feel guilty or ashamed. <laughs> horses, you know, I've been, I, uh, a few years ago I hung around like people, you know, who were doing horsey stuff down in the uh, Palm Beach area of Florida. And, I mean, horses being jumped over a hurdle, over a very high hurdle, still take a poop right there while they're going over the hurdle. The horse doesn't feel guilty or ashamed that the horse just defecated in front of a whole audience. It's only humans that feel guilt and shame. It's not a real it's not a real body response. It's not real. It's it's manufactured. Right. Well and I feel like that that that's kind of the that that's what we're needing to realize is that, you know, as hum, he, human beings, one of our gifts is conscious awareness. And like any organism, the human beings are still a living organism. Uh, living creatures and so we still have that primal connection to fear and yet guilt and shame is something that is 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 something that happens with conscious awareness and it's one of the things that we need to be consciously aware of because we can just as we can be run by our fear that isn't rational or real uh, we can be run by by uh, um we can also be run by our guilt and our shame. And that's yeah. basically what a lot of organized religions have done, that they've used um, guilt and shame and fear to uh, to basically disconnect us from our power so that we could be manipulated. Right. It's such a shame. So here we are. That's what brings us together, you and I, and many other people, in our own efforts to do something about it. And it's really, I mean... For me, I started out in my own quest about it, and I imagine you did the same thing, like trying to trying to shake off the oppression that you felt in your life uh, from this, and then as you grew, you decided to branch out. Is that... Yeah, absolutely. Branch out. And, and you know, what, what, what happens is that as I step more into my power and I create the healing in my being, uh, we are, as human beings, we are, we're social beings. And so it's great if I'm free, but I want my people to be free, too. And I want us to celebrate our freedom together and our ease and our beauty and our abundance and our health. 
And it, it mm. does, you know, for I, I, it breaks my heart to see my people suffering, my family uh, in pain or, um, you know, from, from different things. So, you know, it happens on many different levels. Uh, helping my family, uh, and my, like my father and my mother and aunts and uncles and brothers and sisters to support them to eat a healthy diet so that they're feeling better. So they're not ending up in the hospital with a coronary. Um, for them to really look at the, uh, uh, overturn, turn over the stones in their life and look what's underneath as far as how they've been conditioned in a culture that is very entrenched in, with, with guilt and fear and shame around who they are as sexual beings. And, uh, you know, you started out the show by talking about how in some places people can't even talk about these things. Well, right here in the United States, uh, it's very difficult for people to talk about these things. And so, uh, and yet it's really important that we talk about these things because this is the essence of our power. This is the, this is oftentimes the stuff that's actually breaking up and destroying relationships and, uh, and creating all kinds of problems on many levels of our human experience. And uh, one of the biggest uh, forms of abuse is that when we as young adults start stepping into our power and start stepping into our sexual awakening, we're virtually met with silence and ignorance as, of, uh, as far as information on who we are as, uh, as uh, powerful sexual beings. Right. So, um, they just tell us to just say no. They tell us to just say no. They can't even. I did an earlier show where there was a sex educator who said, you know, she couldn't have prophylactics. You know, packages of rubbers anywhere near the school that she went in to talk. She couldn't even talk about that with uh, with the students. So you couldn't. You're you know you're spot on about this point. Well, let's well and let's go. Let's take it back even further. What about just being able to teach young men about ejaculatory choice, so they're not running around ejaculating and impregnating young women. If men learned ejaculatory choice when they were young men, then the, there's a case for even prophylactics not being so necessary as far as birth control goes. I know that there's yeah. another issue around disease, um, but that's something else. Yeah. What I'm talking about is understanding at a very early age how to cultivate, circulate, hold, and direct our sexual energy. So if we have that kind of awareness in our energy bodies and in our physical bodies, then what that does is energy and emotions. We, we know now what this is what's really exciting. We know that our thoughts and our emotions affect matter. Quantum physics is proving that. So all these things that we've known for thousands of years as shamans and guides and tantricas, we, uh, the, the, these worlds, the scientific world and the spiritual world are finally agreeing on these things. And so, if we bring in energy mastery and we understand how our thoughts and our emotions affect matter, we can actually, we can actually have more presence and choice around how our energy moves, including our life force energy, which is very much connected with our sexual energy, which is very much connected with the flow of semen. So, uh, we, if we learn how to redirect that energy and redirect that flow and learn how to actually use that energy for other forms of manifestation rather than children, uh, there's things, uh, there's other things that we can consciously create other than procreate. Um, so we learn how to do that. We learn how to circulate that energy to bring more health, more vitality, more power to our bodies, to our families, to our communities, to our, um, to whatever it is that we're wanting to manifest in our lives. 
then we learn that it feels much better to circulate that energy than to allow it to just spill out every time that we get excited. Um, so we're, in other words, we're, we're, we're spiritual human beings. We're not just animals. An mm. animal gets excited and ejaculates. A human being gets excited. It doesn't necessarily need to ejaculate. It chooses to. We choose to ejaculate, which is what makes us different than animals. So, uh, but see, these, these arts and these sciences of human energy and are, are referred to as extraordinary, but they're actually really quite learnable by most human beings. The thing is that, 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 uh, humanity has been so steeped in ignorance, and especially men have been so steeped in ignorance because, uh, uh, if they're ignorant, they can be controlled. And, uh, <laughs> and so, right. that, you know, it's a whole paradigm shift. Right. That's right. what the temples are about. It's about empower, empowering men and women to to come back home to who they are as conscious creators, and uh, take back our power and um, and change the world. So that's that's, what's that's beautiful. That's just fantastic. That's a fantastic mission and vision. I must say, I'm very enrolled in it, as you know. And. Uh, it's, you know, Lori, there's so many others around the planet. It's amazing that there are that there are more and more uh, educators. That there are that that for centuries there have been priests and priestesses in hiding because because what we teach these sacred sexual healing arts and these temple arts have had to go underground because of the persecution and yeah. a lot a lot of places that doesn't exist anymore. It still does. Uh, and some of the places I traveled on this last trip, we had to be careful about the information we were sharing because uh, it, it, it's very threatening to uh, certain governments and religious uh, uh, organizations. Yes. So, uh, you know, here in the United States, we don't have to quite be so careful about that because we supposedly have religious and, uh, you know, the, these kind of freedoms. Um, and, and yet still people will, you know, I mean, people will still try, even in this country, it will try to bash you for for uh, having your uh, having your opinions and practicing your own religious freedom, because uh, somehow they they are threatened by that. Yeah, very threat. Well, look look at how threatened the whole world. No, I retract that. Look at how threatened the whole country was over gay marriage. I don't want to go there as a topic necessarily, but that's yeah. you know that's a sexual example. Or even women having control over their own reproductive rights. Look exactly. at all look at the bombings of the uh, of the uh, of the abortion uh, clinics. Right, right. Also, you know, I wanted to, I wanted yeah. to say something before. I just wanted to say something when you were talking about, you know, the difference between human beings and the animal kingdom. I, I, I saw a program once that was about uh, when human beings started standing upright, and one of the things that happened about human beings standing upright was, uh, for the first time, women became more endangered. Their bodies, be- female. Uh, female of this species became more endangered in childbirth because standing upright did something to the cervical canal. Yes. And, and so for the, for the, so human beings really, female of the human being species are the only mammals that ever can cho- and have chosen to say no to sex because they knew that their life Certainly not today so much, but in earlier times, their life was threatened by having children after child after child, and they often died in childbirth. It was a very dangerous process. So that also distinguishes us. Again, there's a choice in there 
that animals don't have. They go into heat, and that and they have to do it. And we don't have that. We, we human beings are the only uh, the only species that can choose to have sex or not to have sex. Don't have to be in a heat period. Can be can have sex anytime. Can procreate anytime, and also have all these choices that they can be right. faced with. And yet we're never taught all that. So here's the thing. This is where it gets really exciting. We have the ability to choose, and we have this thing called conscious awareness. And so what the temple arts are about and what I'm passionate about is supporting people to take back their ability to to choose and to step deeper into their power so that they can manifest they can manifest the kind of reality, the kind of world that they want to live in, and they can start manifesting their dreams and their their desires. And that's really what what the sacred sexuality, sex magic, and the and the temple arts are all about: creating more health, abundance, ease, joy, health, and uh, happiness on the planet. And freedom, freedom yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so, freedom's so, a good one too. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about all those terms that you just because I want to come back to the tour and what you mentioned about where you had to be careful. But okay. I do want, but I do want a little bit of those. A little bit on each one of those terms explained. So when you say temple arts, sex magic, and sacred sexuality, those are a little, each of those are slightly different. Can you give us a short definition for each one? Okay. Well, they're all, they're all different, and yet they're all connected. Because, you know, the temple arts are, are a, a system of, of uh, there, there are a system of, of teachings and expressions that bring more health and vitality to people and their communities. So, dancing, music, uh, uh, farming, um, uh, you know, all these things were taught in the temples and, and are, to, to enhance people's lives. Conflict resolution, communication, um, uh, herbal medicine, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the list goes on and on. All the things that are skills and tools for enhancing human beings' life collectively and individually. They're all part of a series of teachings called the temple arts. And so all these things enhance our lives. And, uh, you know, midwifery is a temple art. Um, uh, uh, appropriate commerce is, is a temple art. So there's okay. a lot of different things that are included in the temple arts. Now, when I talk about, uh, what's another one? Sex magic. Yes. Sex magic is the information and te- techniques of being able to take our life force energy, to cultivate our life force energy and our sexuality, to circulate it, to hold it and to consciously direct it for the purpose of conscious manifestation. Okay, I call I I, I say it a different way, but I love what you're saying. I say it usually that it, it you use your sexual energy to fuel your intentions. Beautiful. And and in order to fuel your intentions, you have to know what you want. Most of the time, people know right. what they don't want. Sure. But they have to spend some time actually looking on the. On the creation side, on the manifestation side, well, if you know what you don't want, what would you want to manifest if you could? Okay. So, yeah. you know, what, what, like, what, what I, what, how, I, how I frame that again is that, is that our conscious intent is an action of spirit or mind, and that actually propelling our conscious intent is an action of the divine feminine or the engine of manifestation. 
I thought you were going to say masculine because I the intention part I would assume is the masculine. It's the consciousness okay, part. Okay, sure. And then the actually when it get when it gets here, it like your book, my book. When they got here, when they actually were something we could hold in our hands, then they were in the feminine. In well, the in a way, in a way, I almost feel like I feel like there, there's the there's the intention which is the masculine. Yeah. And, and then there's the energy. The engine of manifestation, which is the right. which is the feminine, but I would say that the actual manifestation of it being like our book, for our books, for instance, in, in actually manifest form, I actually consider that more like the 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 the, the child of their communion. That that's actually, I see. That's actually oh, the body. That's actually the body. So you've got the masculine, and the feminine, and then you've got the children, which is the body, and then the heart, which is love. So um, you okay. know, those different aspects. Yeah, I, I I like it. That's that's great. I never heard it put like that before. <laughs> so right. there was another term. There was sex magic, sacred, was, sacred sexuality, sacred, sacred sexuality. sexuality. Well, it, it, sacred sexuality is a wonderful term because it's like, what is it? What's the difference between sex and sacred sex? And of course, that that comes back into the definitions of presence of uh, weaving in with with the uh, with the life force energy or god force energy or whatever you want to call it but it's 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 bringing our our presence and and our and our um and, and divine energy into the into the realms of our sexuality and, and so that and that's what makes it sacred and and also it it involves some very much slowing down of the process i mean slowing down it's not i always say to people it's not necessarily slam bam slam bam and rock and roll and sex and it could be, but it really does involve some consciousness where people actually like look to see who they're connecting with. Oh yeah, and they slow the process down so that they they actually have a heart connection and a root connection and all the chakras align. So sacred is sweet. There's a certain degree of presence and love in there, and and yeah, slowing down can sure can sure help a lot of times. Um, I'm not that not that there's anything wrong with intensity uh, at times as well. But uh, yeah, so so you know there's a little more definition around or definition around some of those terms. But again, you know, it's like these are these are skills, these are arts that are cultivated and learned as young men and women. And in 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 our culture in the United States and other modern Western cultures, there's so much sexual ignorance that um, that's what my passion is about. Is about supporting people to grow up. And yeah. uh, and I it's just frustrating to see so many adult men and women that are so juvenile and underdeveloped, and it's sad because uh, because uh, they they they're they're walking around without power in their lives and they're they don't understand what's you know we, I think on some level most people feel like they're they're missing something something's not quite all the way there and this is this is oftentimes a big part of what that something is. So it, it's an honor to serve and 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 to bring teachers of of you know these the the the, the teachers of this quality that are teaching people about their life force energy, um, bring them together and 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 to support them to deepen in their skills and their professionalism and oftentimes even teachers there there's been so much uh, uh, guilt fear and shame about or fear around who they are as uh, educators of these arts that it's time for them to be able to come out of the closet, own who they are, receive support by the by the community, and own the fact that they are important, they're, what they're sharing is very important, and that they don't need to hide anymore. It's time to come out and to do what 
they're doing in the light and to know that their work is sacred and very important and it's part of how we're serving uh, serving humanity. Yes. So, um, that's yeah. what the conference is I agree. So now I want to find out about your tour. I know you went to quite a few countries, and I, I know one of them was Egypt. But So I really want to know how it was to be there. I know you were also in parts of other parts of Africa. So who, who, how did you get these sex educators together, and why would they, you know, and how did you get them to come out of the closet? Okay. Well, let me let me start let me start off at, at the beginning of the tour. It started on the east coast of the United States. Oh yeah, the, I was there. <laughs> you were there, and there was a conference and gathering of uh, sacred sexual educators and uh, and uh, practitioners, and uh, so you know that that was the start of the tour. And then from there, I so went. That was in New York. You started that was in New, New York. York. I started in New York. Then we went across the Atlantic and did some talks in London and did a training in London. Um, and at these at these trainings, uh, people are coming in because uh, they're either psychologists, um, they're they're doctors, they're counselors, they are uh, massage therapists. Sometimes they are escorts. There are people in different lines of work that work around supporting people to become empowered sexual beings. And, okay. uh, and have healthier relationships, healthier love lives. Um, and so, uh, so these trainings take place many, many places around the planet. And, uh, that was very exciting to see what was going on in, in the dynamics in, in England and in London, which is very different than what's happening in the United States. Um, and, uh, every country seems to have its own flavor. Uh, yeah. From there we How went so? To- How so? Yeah. What do you mean? What do you? How did you find it in the UK? Because I've had a lot of experience well, there. You know, in the UK, it was interesting because I feel like uh, there, um, uh, there's a there, there, there's a term tantric massage, for instance, that's being used in in, in London. I found, and uh, tantric massage is a code word for uh, a, a massage with a happy ending. Which which translated to people who don't know what that is is a hand job. A right, a massage with a hand job at the with end. With a release at the end for a man, usually. But it right. could happen for a woman, so, That's yeah. right. But, you know, and so, and so what happened was a lot of the practitioners there were just hungry, hungry to learn more of the actual skills and tools of the temple priestess or priest and take it beyond just that definition and really, be, and really deepen their skills um, as practitioners. And also uh, to do more education uh, around the, to educate the public that uh, there's a lot more to uh, sacred sexuality and uh, and the learning the tantric arts, of course, than than, than there is just the sexual aspects or just yeah. uh, uh, you know because tantra is way more than just about sexuality, of course. Right. So so from there we went to uh, we went to Egypt. Yeah, that's what I, now you're talking, I want to hear what happened okay. in Egypt. <laughs> so Egypt was interesting because uh, I, I met with some friends of mine who had done some trips there before, and we couldn't actually have a conference there or a gathering or even do public talks there um, because uh, the, the, the people um, very much living in um, Egypt, you know, Egypt years ago, uh, the temples of Isis and the, the ancient culture of Egypt was 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 very had a many 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 sexual rites and rituals. It was a very rich culture and a very advanced culture and a very amazing, um, uh, powerful culture. And the temples were very strong there. And uh, you go there today, right now, and basically the Muslim world has taken over 
um, what was what was what was uh, the uh, Egyptian temple arts, and there are a handful of uh, Egyptian people. And uh, we met with some of them, and they are very much wanting to recultivate the uh, true Egyptian, uh, the Egyptian rites and the temple arts. And they're finding it very difficult because there so many people are so entrenched in uh, in um, the Muslim uh, religion and Muslim world, and the uh, the government there. And uh, you know, it, it's like uh, that whole religion is part of the whole government structure and part of the whole control structure and control trip that's going on there so you know we got together and we discussed things but it was very much very much uh behind closed doors mm. and uh were they, were they afraid when you were with them were these people afraid well they weren't uh, afraid because we were being careful mm-hmm. but but they, they you know when i mentioned to them hey let's put out the word and invite the public and let's create a public forum they looked at me like i was crazy <laughs> oh yeah, they could, their lives could have been endangered. As, exactly, as their gone. lives, their careers, their families—they would be exercised, they would be punished, they would be shamed, they would—you know—they would their jobs would be threatened, uh, you know, uh, they would be cast out, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. you have to be careful in those countries. Yeah, uh, supporting you know, people there in their sexual freedom. You know, I have the feeling. I always say this. Uh, I don't. You know, some people have argued with me, but I feel that Tantra, the kind of Tantra that that you and I know, I feel that that actually started in Egypt. Now, recently I had somebody on a panel tell me that it really started in the Far East, uh, like with Qigong and everything. But I I really do feel that Tantra started in the temples of Isis, the things you're talking about. I mean, I do some Egyptian Tantra in my classes that I was just very blessed to learn and be, and be able to 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 um, to use, but I I feel that it went to India after Egypt and that it flourished in India and and I often thought that then the spice traders came from the east from the far east and saw esoteric practices happening in India and then that's how it got to Cambodia and Thailand and. I, you know. I, I, I hear what you're saying. Of course, you know they didn't call it tantra. And, no, no. And we know that that the you know the the temple arts, which I call them in an expanded way, the temple arts were existed all around the world, and uh, and you know they existed in Egypt. They, they you know every culture has had its temple arts and its uh, sexual practices and rites. And, um, um, and I think this is more what we're talking about, you know. And so mm-hmm. I, I don't really, re- I don't really identify as a quote unquote tantra teacher. Although I, I, I have a lot of, you know, information and I understand the tantric arts. Uh, however, you know, a lot of my background is in the Hawaiian Huna and Native American arts and the Celtic arts and and the yeah. and the Egyptian rites as well. So I, I consider myself, uh, you know, I, I you know, tantra is just one of the uh, one of the schools that I that see. teaches uh, sacred sexuality. Thank you. Thanks for clarifying that. It's great. So so tell more about Egypt because I so how, about how many people did you did you meet with there? Well, I met with about eight people or so, um, and we traveled around. I did some sightseeing. I went to the temples and a lot of their very important sites. And uh, uh, energetically, what what was happening there is phenomenal. And energetically, what is there is phenomenal. And it's I, I'm really excited about these people because they're talking about digging it out of the sand 
and making it beautiful again, making Egypt beautiful again, and mm. uh, and uh, and uh, take, removing the veil, and uh, and and returning Egypt to its splendor and its glory and its beauty and its power. And so I really I really love their vision and they're beautiful people and I'm excited to go back there again and support them. Um, from there we went down to South uh, Africa, and where we had another conference of African educators and uh, practitioners. And that was phenomenal down there. And uh, uh, we actually have one of the practitioners from Africa, a beautiful man, coming to the conference that's going to be here in Sedona this May, uh, May 8th, 9th, uh, 7th, 8th, and 9th, or 8th, 9th, and 10th. Um, coming up soon, his name is Ankh, and he is an amazing being. He's one of the presenters that's going to be at the conference. You can see more about the conference and read more about Ankh um, uh, on the Sedona Temple website. Uh, it's um it's actually May 7th, 8th, and 9th. Great. Thank you for that clar- yes. clarification. And I plan to be there, too, and I can't wait to meet Ankh. That's so, right. Ankh's wonderful. You're going to be doing a presentation, Lori. Exactly. So yeah. I'm really looking forward to it ever since I saw you last in, in uh, Phoenix. Yeah. You know, a couple a month or so ago, I got really, really, I got very excited about this vision of yours. So this African, so what's happening in Africa? Like you were in South Africa. I don't know the... I mean, I knew the the old government customs of South Africa, but I have no idea what kind of religion they have there or how suppressed people are or what what have you. So how was the difference between South Africa and England, South Africa and the U.S., South Africa and Egypt? Yeah, no, South Africa is really amazing. You know, they they had a, a basically a whole change in government that was bloodless. It's phenomenal. Uh, the way people are working together, cooperating down there. Uh, the World Cup is happening there this uh, this uh, summer. Um, it, it's it's really wonderful what's happening there, and I'm very excited about the healing that's happening in that country. Um, there's a lot of issues that are evolving and being resolved, and uh, so we'll be speaking about some of those things at the conference. But uh, you can talk about all these things out in the open. Um, you know, they have a lot of challenges and a lot of problems uh, around uh, around sexuality down in South Africa. There's a huge huge issue around uh, rape and power over. Um, you know, and uh, you know, it's it's not as bad as some places in Africa. But uh, you know, you still have to. Uh, you know, there's there's a there's a lot of education and a lot of. Uh, a lot of change that that that's happening there, and uh, do they do they also have the tribal? Do they still have tribal uh, clitorectomies, like uh, removal of the woman's clitoris, so that well, women not don't? Not so much down there. Not so much okay. down there. In other places, yes, um, and that's part of the thing that Ankh's going to be talking about, and and I'm excited to for him to share that with everyone. And and you know, I just want to put an invitation out that you know this this conference and gathering is for sacred sexual educators and practitioners, and yet there are a lot of people coming uh, because they're interested in the, perhaps the possibility of, 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 of uh, wanting to learn more about um, all these issues and about maybe learning to learn, see if they want to move more into seeing how sexual education and, um, and health uh, can be integrated into what they're doing as far as who they are in their lives. So, yeah. Uh, you know, so you know, it's it, it's open it's open to to people who are interested in the subject and want to hang out with a lot of amazing people with a lot of mastery in in, in terms of uh, the sacred sexual healing arts and the temple arts. 
Um, but uh, you know, what was interesting there is that, uh, you know, this, the next conference is going to be coming up here in December, and, and it'll be in Cape Town this year. Last year it was in Johannesburg, and uh, Cape Town's a beautiful city, and there's going to be a training down there as well in December. And, uh, and then from there uh, we went to and we're going to go again to Australia. And we'll be having having the third annual conference and gathering of Australasian uh, sex and consciousness educators, and that'll be happening in Byron Bay. Now, did you? I we we just have a, a second for this question. You might not be able to answer, but how how many people actually did you meet with when you were in Johannesburg? How many people were at that part? Oh, uh, I I met with probably about fifty or sixty people. Wow! So so great. And then you went to Australia, and how did you find? I mean, how did you find it in Australia? I mean, my experience with Australians is that there's, they're very open. Oh, they're great. Um, yeah, and very self-expressed. You know, and we've yeah. done two of these conferences. You know, so this is going to be the third one coming up, and uh, this year we've got a professional conference organizer, and and she is looking to make this the largest gathering of sacred sexual educators and sex and consciousness educators in the world. So she's. We've got the Byron Bay Community Center, and uh, uh, there's a lot of people coming from all over the place to meet in Byron Bay for this conference that's going to be in February. So, uh, And a lot of us are going to be doing a lot of planning and networking about that in May here in Sedona for the conference coming up yeah. here this month. Wonderful. So, Wonderful. Yeah. I want to go back. You know, it's, you're on this really huge mission of uh, – uniting sex educators around the world, having them get be, be treated well, having them feel safe, having them be able to connect with each other and learn from each other. And then you're also, you know, you're, I don't even want to say your submission. I'm going to say your parallel mission okay. is, to, is to have people who are just starting on the path, people who are just curious or people in, in other helping professions, psychologists, sociologists, psychiatrists, whatever, you're, it's to have them come also to these conferences and start to learn from powerful practitioners and from powerful yeah. professionals. Now, how, when did you get this vision? How did you wake up one day and go, okay, this is it? Well, you know. I, I think what, what happened was, uh, you know, uh, understanding the arts and the shamanic arts and the healing, the sexual healing arts and all those things for many, many years. What I noticed is that uh, so many of the people that had information didn't really have a lot of the tools and practices and they weren't really integrating them into their lives. And I felt like there were a lot of people coming uh, coming to the States in the Neo-Tantra movement teaching things about sacred sexuality and Tantra, and yet they're missing a lot of pieces as far as the whole picture and what the intention is, is about. So for me, it was a way to, to, uh, to, to, to up-level the quality of people teaching sacred sexuality, the Tantric arts and, and, uh, and shamanism, and then at the same time, uh, have them come out and be seen and celebrated for the amazing gifts that 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 we all have to offer, and 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 I I see that our our communities and the world really needs to revere and celebrate who we are because we're we're part of the resolution. We're part of what's going to help stamp, uh, sh- uh, shift 
the uh, the pain and suffering on the planet into more joy, health, and happiness. So um, so that's that's a lot of it because so many teachers of, of these arts were uh, were kind of uh, again needing to heal their own guilt, fear, and shame of who they are. Exactly, exactly. So so I guess the point really is then to to keep exposing the teachers to each other to to be able to hold each other, yeah. teach each other, share our gifts and our strengths, and at the same time relieve ourselves of our own places that we're stuck, our yeah. own guilt, our own guilt, shame and blame, and to actually at the same time as we're walking that walk, to be able to be on showcase, to be able to interact with, to be able to connect with all the other people out there who are interested in this so the planet can, can speed up its healing. Yay. That sounds yeah. really good to me, Lori. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I just, I just, Lori, I just want to thank you for doing all that you do, uh, the, all the amazing workshop that's, workshops that you've been teaching for years, this, this wonderful uh, radio show that brings so much great information and support to people, and uh, just being the, joy, the joyous being that you are. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the acknowledgement, and I appreciate I appreciate you being on the show. I really appreciate you. I'm coming to appreciate you more and more and what Aww. you're doing. I think it's just a great, huge, big trip that that's happening, and it's and it's and you're sharing it with so many amazing people. So I really thank you. Thank you so much for being my guest today. Thank you. It's been, it's been an honor, and it's been a lot of fun. I love sharing about all this stuff with everyone, and uh, um, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Right now, I, I'm signing off. I wish you love and peace.